You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. Well, Finn fans, it was another loss. With me today is Louis Ragoni. As usual. As usual. As usual. It, it, this is, uh, you know, this is a uh, Groundhog Day type of uh, Is that season, because you're right? with me or because they lost again? Everything. <laughs> it, it's just, you know, every single week, it's just the same exact thing. I'm back. You're back. Well, look at the quarterback played good, right? Tua had a nice game. Yeah, it's two games in a row. Um did have a nice game, uh, you know, eight incompletions the whole day. Unfortunately, two of them went for interceptions in key, yeah, in key th- situations. Those were two, two and, really uh, bad decisions. Uh, but you know, the youngsters are going to do that. You got to hope that he comes in and the coaches sit down with him and he learns from his mistakes. But uh, I thought overall, he he was as uh, on target as we've seen him. His ball location was good on most of his passes. I really was happy with the game he played. I wasn't happy with the two mistakes, obviously. But, uh, you know, this is, what, his 13th game, I believe? You know, you expect some of that. Uh, What he's got to do is he's got to understand when it's worth trying to thread that in there and uh, when it isn't. And uh, in the situation that they were in, it was really a costly, costly mistake it's the same pattern week in and week out. I mean, we had opportunities, we're in the red zone and I think three times in the red zone. And we basically came away with, um, seven points. And right. that seems to be, that seems to be what we do, you know, regardless of what the situation is. I mean, um, you know, Sanders missed a kick. We should have maybe moved the ball further into their end and giving him a little bit better opportunity to get that kick through. But the bottom line is this, is that when he when you make a mistake like that in the end zone, you throw in the double coverage, um, that was one of his few mistakes. I mean, the second interception, I mean, Austin Jackson, I mean, he just got, he just got blown up. I mean, Tua dropped back. The guy was on him in two seconds, and Tua he's was forcing an issue. Lewis. It's got to just take side. it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no question about that. I mean, but, you know, he's out there. He's trying to make something out of sure. it, right? And, sure. um, you know, hopefully he learns. I mean, listen, we see quarterbacks do that all the time. They try to force the issue. And, um, you know, it was a bad situation um, because we had just created a turnover. And this is two weeks in a row where our defense, who have struggled, through most of the year, came up with big turnovers at a big time in the game where you have the opportunity to basically take control of the game and get momentum. You know, literally on the very next play after a defense creates a turnover, we gave it right back to him. You know, he did the same thing against Jacksonville. So, you know, minus minus that, 
and minus the interception, you know, when we were in the red zone. Other than that, he played a fantastic football game. I mean, he four in, four touchdowns and almost 300 yards passing. I mean, you know, just just a really, really good football game. Um, you know, Gaskin had a nice game running the football. He I was really happy with Gaskin, Lewis. Yeah, he bounced back pretty well this week. Tua, you know, let's go back to him and some of the times where he pulled the ball down and ran with the football. I mean, those were some big, big plays in the game. Uh, He had almost 30 yards rushing, and they were all for basically the four rushes, the four attempts he had. I think they all went for first downs. I mean, that one spin move that he did. If you remember the week before, he, he made a mistake when he should have ran and didn't. Right, right, right. He, he's getting better, Mike, week in and week. He's more decisive about yes. what he's doing out there on the field. I mean, again, going back to that one play where he made that spin move on that tackler, yeah. uh, where he was a couple yards short of the first down and sp- spun and, and picked up the first down. I mean, those are the type of plays that your quarterback has to make. Um, you know, the touchdown pass to Hollins to put us ahead. They, they were big. You know, they were big plays. So you see Tua getting better week in and week out. And this is what he's going to be. You know, if you, if you eliminate the mistakes, we win this football game. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, there were a couple of mistakes at crucial times. And, uh, you know, we lost by, what, two points? I mean, basically, you know, you probably win the football game if you, if, even if you get a field goal there late, you know, uh, or in that one possession where we turn the ball over in the red well, zone. The defense but, gave up 20 unanswered points, so that makes it tough on the offense. It does. It does. But, Mike, you know, in between those 20 – I mean, they didn't score 20 points on one drive. Right. Atlanta, you know, I mean, our offense had opportunities to get on the field and um, create, and they didn't. And that's, again, another pattern that we do. It seems like every doggone game. The second quarter, again, Mike, a goose egg, a goose egg. You can't go into the half with seven points on the board. You just can't, especially when you move the football pretty well. And this is, this is a pattern week in and week out, and I don't know what the solution is, but it is what it is. I mean, this is the team we have. The blocking is not great. I felt that the last couple of weeks they've done a better job, but, you know, they were playing horribly. Now they're playing average, right? At best, you would say average. Slightly below average, I would say. Slightly below. I mean, they were playing rock bottom. They're not horrendous, but they're not, you know – they're not an effective offensive line. You're, you still struggle to run the ball, and you still struggle. I mean, he doesn't have time to take you know, inventory and throw a deep pass. Right. Well, we don't, you know, I mean, I felt that there were times where they did have those opportunities, Mike, to get the ball down the field. I mean, there were times where he was sitting there flat-footed and, you know, moved around in the pocket a little bit and had opportunities to throw the ball down the field. I don't know if anybody was open. I mean, it's not like we had our best group of receivers out there. This is true. Um, I, th- I think when Fuller and Parker come back, I mean, those are your guys outside that, uh, you know, that are going to make a difference. I mean, you know, we can go back to the whole Waddle situation, and with those guys out, you know, I'm not really quite understanding. We say this week in and week out, why – balls are not attempted down the field to him. So, um, you know, obviously it's something that the coaches should really 
you know, put into the playbook. And I know there's opportunities. I know in this past game, Mike, you know, there were times where I felt that, oh, man, he's got time to throw. Come on, just air one down the field and hope for a pass interference. And um, it, you know, it just didn't happen. You know, usually it was completions over the middle for, you know, underneath stuff and whatnot. But the bottom line is, is that the offensive line has improved to some extent. You can even go back to the Tampa game. You know, it's you know when Brissett was still in, I thought that they did a decent job that week as well. So you're seeing improvement little by little. Um, it's not a big improvement, but it is an improvement. And Tua, uh, without a question of a doubt, has played you know two really good games back to back. You know, the test obviously will be next week. We'll see how much he's progressed. You know, when we go up against Buffalo. And, you know, you want to see him go out and play another solid football game. Um, But, you know, you can't say enough about him and what he's done the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, he's a guy that needs more playmakers around him. You know, I've said this all along. Uh, You know, he's a guy that can't dominate football games alone. You know, I just never see him being that type of player. But he has the ability to make plays. And he did that this past week against Atlanta. And let's just hope that, you know, with Fuller and uh, Parker hopefully hopefully coming back at some point because we definitely need him. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, Albert Wilson is non-existent in this offense. Uh, Preston Williams did next to nothing. And um, Hollins had the touchdown catch. But other than that, he, had an, he, had, he only had one other reception. Right. So, you know, you're looking at Waddle. You're looking at Kaseki, and I like the way they use Smythe in the game as well. You know, he had some nice catches for us. But uh, past those guys, the, the receivers were just non-existent. Isaiah Ford had the one catch, which was for a touchdown. Um, you know, Gaskin had four receptions, Mike, for 10 yards. I mean, you know, not, you know, not, not anything spectacular. Ahmed, two catches for 26 yards. Um, you know, so he had a couple of decent catches on the outside. Uh, he had a nice screen play, you know, that we set up that, that was a big play in the game. I think it was for 17 yards and you want to see more of that. But, um, you know, the receivers, I mean, we're, we're hurting. I mean, you know, I know people are down and out about Devonte Parker, but, um, he's a difference maker when he's on the football field, when he's on the football field, you know, Fuller, yeah. we have no idea. We have no clue what he's capable of doing because, um, you know, up to this point, you know, he's Well, we know he's what he's capable of doing, but the question is, is when's he going to be out there to do it? He's played, what, a game and a quarter? Well, we yeah, we, we know what he's capable of on another team. Right. I don't know how they're going to use him or, you know, what they're going to, you know, how they're going to mix him into, the, into this football team um, and, and how they're going to use him. I know the one game that he did play, he had a couple of underneath catches. I didn't see anything down the field to him. Right. So, you know, that remains to be seen. That's basically what I was referring to, the fact that I just don't know how we're going to use him once he comes gotcha. back. But, you know, we need those two guys on the outside. I mean, we absolutely need them. And, you know, hopefully that'll open up the offense even more and we'll see even more improvement from Tua. And, you know, we'll see him throwing for three. Parker's been out three weeks with a hamstring. Insane. And Fuller's just, you know, broken finger and, yep. um, you know, AWOL one week, suspended another week. I mean, 
you know, these are guys, there are two starting outside guys. And, you know, the fact that we haven't had them for what, basically four weeks now, three weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, that's the majority of the season. You know, we're seven games in. That's how you give up 20 unanswered points. I mean, the thing is this, Mike, you have to find a way. I mean, with with the personnel you have, you have to find a way. And um, they do find, they have found ways over the last couple of weeks. The problem is, is that there's too much in between where they're, they're not, you know, they're not making the plays. And, um, you know, Sanders has got to get those kicks. I know they're pretty, pretty far, but, you know, they've got to get, they've got to get those kicks through, um, you know, two missed field goals over the, even against Jacksonville, I believe he had a miss and they were the difference in ball games. And, um, you know, he wasn't doing that last year, you know, so, you know, it's it's just a combination of just everything. You know, you would think that we could look at something and say, well, Sanders has been kicking everything through and, you know, we'd have a couple more wins underneath our belt. And, you know, that that's not even happening. So, you know, it's just been one thing or another. You know, the coaching staff, I felt, did a pretty decent job with what they had to work with this week um, in regard to the offense. I thought they did a lot of good things. I mean, the the uh, touchdown pass to Isaiah Ford, Mike, I felt was a good play call. He kind of like ran underneath Gasicki. You know, the coverage went to him and, and Ford was wide open. You know, I felt that was a, a good play call. Um, you know, they were converting, which was amazing. I mean, think about it. On the first drive of the, of the game, I think we con- converted four third downs. And that's something we don't do an awful lot of. And that was nice to see. You know, overall, I don't know what our third down conversion rate was once the game was over, but we started off pretty doggone good, you know? Uh huh. There were positives that came from the game. You know, we got to keep in mind we were playing an Atlanta team that isn't very good defensively, you know, so you would have expected the offense to, you know, do something against them. You know, unfortunately, you know, the defense gave up 30 points and, and that's the, you know, that, that's been the, the, another issue all year long. I mean, you know, they just don't, they just don't get the job done when, when need, when they need to, you know? So. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through Harris has never been easier, and it's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code FINFANS at Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. The world is starting to open and the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. The Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on a 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? 
Rain, snow, or sleet are no match for the waterproof power of the 4.0. There's no 15-yard penalty for this clipping. The package also comes with the Weed Whacker. This elite nose and ear hair trimmer is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This trimmer also has proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your footballs, show them some love with Manscaped Liquid Formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are here to take your ball game to the next level. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FINFANS at manscaped.com. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code FINFANS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FINFANS. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. I don't know. I came away from the game with a couple of different uh, feelings. I mean, I really thought collectively, even with the fact they did give up 20 unanswered points, I thought it was the best game they played as a group. Uh, the mm-hmm. defense did kind of stand up a little bit towards the end of the game. Uh, certainly not to the level we expect, but at least they gave Tua an opportunity to try and get back into it. And as far as Tua was concerned, I thought that was by far his best game. He just looked uh, about as crisp and and, and uh, on target as you would expect him to look. I mean, those decisive. Are, those are, yeah, those are his strengths, and you're starting to see those strengths appear on the football field. So mm-hmm. that's what yep. we hope to see. Uh, yes. You know, as we said, he's got to eliminate the mistakes, but young quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. He needs the people around him to help him overcome those right now. And that means the defense has to go out there and make a stand. And uh, uh, that means the special teams can't be making mistakes, which they've been making. You know, hopefully they'll go in, they'll look at the film, they'll make their uh, corrections, and he'll learn from his mistakes and we'll have a better product for it. Tua, you know, we talk about him about as much as anybody. And um, the thing that I took from this game was the fact that he knew when to, he made really good decisions in regard to just pulling the ball down and taking off. And in the pocket, he looked just so much better moving around, avoiding a pass rush here and there. They gave him lanes to run through instead of, you know, just collectively collapsing, you know, the whole offensive line, which tends to happen from time to time to where it's coming from four different directions. So he had opportunities to move around in the pocket and get rid of the football or to just take off and run. And he was very decisive, you know, during those situations. And that's the take I, you know, I got from him in regard to the last couple of weeks. So he's improving in some of the things that were supposed to be his strength. Um, You know, again, the mistakes, you know, they're going to come. I mean, every quarterback makes mistakes. I mean, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, he didn't make an awful lot of mistakes. He threw a hell of a lot more incompletions than Tua did. I mean, they both threw the ball 40 times over the course of this game, and Ryan completed 25 of the 40. Tua completed 32 of the 40. So, you know, he he stepped up, and he just had – he just just played a really, really solid game. you know, I I know that X Man's getting a lot of grief because he gave up the you know the big pass after we went up, but 
I mean, Matt Ryan just dropped that ball in the perfect spot. I mean, you can't defend that any better. I mean, the safety was coming up. He, he was a little bit late, but had the ball been thrown a little bit further down the field, he picks that ball off or at least breaks it up. And um, X-Man was, was, you know, running stride for stride with, with Pitts. I mean, he was right there. I mean, if, if, he short, if he's short on that pass or anywhere inside on that pass, X-Man picks it off. It's that simple. He yeah. dropped it over his back shoulder, close, you know, close to the um, out-of-bounds line. It was an absolute perfect pass. You got to give the other team credit sometimes, regardless of how good you defend the guy. And, um, you know, it was just a great pass and dropped it right in there. Easy catch, plain and simple. I made the play and, you know, at that point it's over. NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you uh, empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets if they win, you win, with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, it's interesting if you look at the uh, tight ends um, production. Pitts right. had seven receptions on eight targets for 163 yards, no touchdowns. His longest was 39. Kasicki, right. seven receptions on eight targets for 85 yards, about half of what Pitts had. Uh, but he had a touchdown. His longest was 27 as opposed to 39. And, uh, you know, that, that just kind of tells you how our offense is more than a reflection of the tight end. You know, we're not throwing as deep as uh, – Ryan was throwing uh, Sunday. Well, yeah, Pitts had a 39-yard catch. Russell Gage had a 49-yard catch. I mean, you know, you look at our guys. You know, Waddle had a 19-yard reception, right, our number one draft pick. Um, right. And that was basically done on his own for the most part, from what I remember. Um, seven catches, 83 yards, Mike. Again, it's a little bit over 10 yards of reception. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Smythe, three catches for 37 yards, a little bit over – 10 yards of reception. Um, you know, Gusecki, same thing, like you just mentioned, a little bit over 10 yards of reception on average. I mean, th- this is the problem. There's no big chunk plays. There's no plays down the field. I mean, you want to see some plays like that mixed in. And, you know, again, you know, I think that when Fuller and Parker return, I think we'll see plays down the field. Right now, um, why they're not Throwing the ball to Gasecki or Waddle down the field, I don't know because I think that Gasecki's a mismatch regardless of where you put him on the field. He's got that height as long as you throw it over that you know back shoulder. 
Um, he's got the ability to go up and make plays, but they don't really attempt an awful lot of those over the course of the game. It is what it is. I mean, this is our offense, and um, there is improvement. You know, I'll say it again. There's not a lot to work with right now. That's all you can say. I mean, you know, this is the offense we put together. Uh, the depth, you know, we felt we were strong at that wide receiver position, even if guys went down, and uh, maybe we aren't because, you know, Albert Wilson, again, is just non-existent. We felt that he would be a really solid football player for us, and with these guys out for three weeks, I mean, he just hasn't done anything at all, anything at all. I mean, just has not been part of the offense. No, they, they had to pull him and put Hollins in. Right. I mean, basically... You know, it's it's just not there. So it is what it is. You know, hopefully there's some positives going forward. I mean, you know, the other positive was our center, um, which was a big surprise not playing. And, and the kid that they brought in or the fellow that they brought in did a pretty solid job. He, he graded out as one of our best offensive linemen. So, you know, we were on our third center and we were shocked, you know, when we – you know, we saw the inactives for the game and we're like, what in the hell happened now? Because I didn't see him on any injury report, our starting center. Did you? I don't honestly remember. <laughs> I knew you were surprised when I called you yeah. and I said, our center's out. And we were like, oh my God, here we go. It's just it just never stops. Thing. I mean, this is our third center, you know. Never stops. You know, the positive was our two corners, another positive, they were back. You know, Preston Williams, we expected to have something out of him. He's another one who did next to nothing. I forgot to mention him. He should have been number, well, he should have been right behind Albert Wilson in regard to guys that just, you know, didn't, didn't do anything. They didn't step up, you know, that when, when your two starting receivers were out, you know, it was, uh, it was Waddle and Gasicki basically that carried the offense in regard to receiving. So, I mean, these guys can't come back fast enough. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you know, they just can't. So, yeah, Preston Preston Williams is not having the kind of season we hoped he would have. He's just dropping too many passes, and uh, you know that's not going to work. Well, he only got targeted, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, maybe twice, or was it four? Yeah, no, maybe, I think it was four I, times. Yeah, he was targeted four times. Yeah. Yep. I remember a couple. I remember him, you know, one bouncing off his hands. It was a catchable ball. I don't remember the other two targets. I honestly don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they. But it's pretty funny how two are only through, what, eight incompletions, and three of them were at Preston Williams. Right. You know, three, three of the incompletions that he threw went his way. So it's quite interesting, you know, because he had one of the lesser amounts of targets over the course of the game compared to some of the bigger guys, you know, that had nice football games. I'm very surprised that we haven't seen the kid that played well, you know, during the preseason. He hasn't had an opportunity with all these guys just not stepping up. Talking about Merritt. Um, Merritt. Yep, absolutely. Merritt hasn't come off the practice squad. So, you know, I'm, I'm surprised by that. But, you know, Isaiah Ford actually was brought up and um, again, he had the touchdown catch. I guess they trust in him a little bit more. But, um, you know, Coaches see what's going on in practice all week. So, you know, I, I can't question that because I don't know what's going on. Let me tell you what That's I see. That's simple. Lewis, on defense, our linebackers, Jalen Phillips graded out at a 48.9. Van Ginkle graded out at a 47.8. Jerome Baker graded out at 
and a Landon Roberts at 29.4. Those are our four lowest graded players, and they all are linebackers. That's not good. That's horrible. Yeah, and and when you go up against Buffalo, uh, I don't know if that's going to hold up. (laughs) It's definitely not going to hold up. I mean, Mike, listen, you know, I'm at a point with some of these guys like Jerome Baker. I mean, you know, we re-signed him. How many year contract did he get? They re-signed him for three years. I think it was I mean, three. this year and two yeah. more go, yeah. going I forward. So. I mean, I don't understand what their fascination is with this guy. Um, you know, I know he, you know, they, they put him on the field and pass coverage, but he doesn't grade out in anything very well. You know, well, tackling. He did have a, a good grade in, in pass coverage, but he had a bad grade in everything else. His run defenses were really right. bad. His tackling was really bad. And yep. uh, his, his coverage grade was 76.8. So he did do that well. Now, I don't know how many opportunities he had to do it. Uh, let me see. He had five. He was in coverage five times. Right. And who knows who he was covering. It, it definitely wasn't Pitts. I could tell you that much. No, which it is wasn't. Which is the linebacker. It, it was probably a Mike Davis or it could have been Cordell Patterson underneath. But. The bottom line is, is that overall, Mike, he's not grading out well. No. He's underachieving. He's got a nice size contract, and his contract is not equivalent to the play that we're getting out of him. And that goes across the board. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, um, you know, Landon Roberts. They re-signed him. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he's a situational guy. You know, he right. should be in around the goal line, a guy that can blow a, you know, a running play up. Um, to be on the field as much as he is 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 not a good thing. I don't think he's a very good linebacker. Van well, Ginkle not. has his run defense is abysmal. Uh, where yeah, he, and and that's his strength supposedly. Right, you know? where, so, where he does show a little bit is with his pass rush. It's not great, but uh, he graded sixty six right. seven there. You know, so you know it is right. what it is. Uh, but when you put those both together, you know that that is telling you that the middle of our defense is not sound. Right. Well, then they had the guys, you know, that, that, that are supposed to create from that outside position, Phillips, our rookie, right. and Van Ginkle, right. and their grades are not very good. I mean, yeah. you know, Phillips is just not playing very well at all. When he's on the football field, he's grading out well below average. And um, this is the problem. I mean, you know, out of your number one picks – Across the board, you're just not getting any, you know, getting any production. And it's, you know, it's a broken record here, Mike. You know, uh, you know, our guy, Austin Jackson, you know, you go back to him, four pressures from the guard position. It doesn't uh-huh. matter where we put this guy. He leads the team in quarterback pressures. You can't hide him. Week in and week out, he, he gives up the most pressures. He's just as responsible for that turnover by two as far as I'm concerned because the guy ran right by him. Of course. He blew him right up. I mean, God, just stand in front of him and, and, you know, hold him up. You know, you don't allow a defensive tackle to just blow you up like that. And and Tua dropped back to pass, and the guy was on him in two seconds. It wasn't even a blitzer. I think it was just a straight rush. And, I mean – these are this is the problem. You know, these guys, Igbenogany is another one. You know, he doesn't see the field. You know, our two starting corners were back and you know, you didn't even see him. He was non-existent in the game. The bottom line is is that you know, these guys have got to step up. Hunt did not have a very good game this week. I mean, as a matter of fact, he graded out 
lowest out of everybody across the offensive line. And these are the guys that we drafted that we're supposed to be depending on, and they're failing us. And here's um, my, here's my problem. You know, it's a okay? problem. We've got a guy at offensive line coach, right? He's uh. Uh, not been a line coach before. He was an assistant last year uh, under the guy we had here. Uh, so what what experience does he really have? And is he qualified to be coaching these linemen? That's really my question. Well, Mike, you know, now you're going down a whole different path because now you're talking about organizational decisions and you're yep. talking about you know the pl- the the coaches that they're I think you have in, to. You're talking you know about, when when you well, have. Every player underperforming that he's responsible for, I think you have to talk about him. Right. Well, what's the solution? I mean, you know, this is Greer, you know, again, you know, and this is Flores, who I'm sure both of them make these decisions in regard to who they're going to bring in and to, you know, to coach that offensive line. But, Mike, you know, there comes a point where what could they possibly teach Austin Jackson on that pass rush play? Seriously. I mean, when you're, well, when you're getting beat, you know, like that, I mean, my God, I mean, just, you know, it, just get in the guy's way for a second. That's all you have to do. I mean, I'm not defending you know, Jackson co- Lewis. I've seen him play. No, I, I, no, I understand what I know. I understand where you're going and I just don't know, you know, if, if in fact, and I have no idea what the situation is in, in regard to this, um, you know, this offensive line coach. I know that they're trying to do everything possible, moving guys around, so on and so forth. But, you know, personnel decisions, number one, you know, the players that you have out there, um, if you've got a guy that is just a phenomenal offensive lineman, he's going to play well one way or another. So, yeah, I mean, I understand your point. It could be a combination of things. but. You know, as far as I'm concerned, Austin Jackson is just not a good football player. It's that simple. And I don't care what coach you bring in, Mike, they're only going to get so much out of that guy. Um, that's my point. And, and I do understand your point, again, to where, yeah, it could be a combination of things because these guys just aren't playing any better. But, you know, how is our center, our third, our third center, you know, off the scrap heap, you know, grading out better than the other guys. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's just the player himself that is responsible for the majority of the problem. And then you can go into the coaching and, and maybe on top of that, you know, you add a little bit of icing on the cake. But I think for the most part, it's the personnel involved. These guys eventually have to go out there and just kick the guy's ass in front of them. It's that simple, especially at the guard position. You know, the tackle positions technique is a little bit more important, I think, you know, because, you know, you've got a lot of different things that the guys can do to you on the outside, but on the inside, it's usually the man just lined up in front of you and you just got to take him out and that's it. You know, you got to, you got to beat him the majority of the time. And if you don't, we're going to have problems like we did with that turnover. Yeah. Well, look, you know, Hunt is in the bottom 25% of the grades, um, Austin Jackson is in the bottom 25% of the grades. So our guards are not getting yeah. it done. Our right. tackles performed a little bit better, but still not great. I don't want to see Tua hurt again. I want to see the line, you know, protecting the quarterback. I want to see the line opening up running lanes for Gaskin or whoever is back there. And And that's what I'm saying, you know, so I think that the offensive line is still holding them back to a certain point. That one play, you know, that one interception is an example of it. But 
Absolutely. You know, it, it may be the reason why they're not comfortable calling anything deeper than a 30-yard pass, you know? Right. We'll see, uh, you know, what they do this week against Buffalo because they have to score against Buffalo. They're not going to they're not going to be able to think uh, and dunk and, you know, get 14 play drives for a score. That's that's just probably not going to happen very often. Right. No, it's not. I mean, you know, the thing is this, Mike, is that the, the Buffalo is going to come after. I mean, you know, we're going to do the, the previous show. Right. Buffalo is going right. to take it to them. I mean, they're not going to sit back. They're going to send blitzes at Tua, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the offensive line and how he reacts to that. You know, they're not going to just sit back and allow them to drive the ball like we've been doing. I mean, they're going to take it to us on both sides of the football. So, you know, they better be prepared for that. You know, the um, the coordinator and the offensive line coach, as you mentioned, he's got to understand that, you know, the offensive line's got to be on the same page. You know, I, I watched a play, Mike, where they where Atlanta blitzed us and, um, you know, the guard just uh, allowed, I, I believe it was Hunt, he just allowed the guy to come right through. He went and helped the center out and the guard, you know, the, the, the blitzer came right through. I don't remember the um, the result of that play, but I was like, my God, what is he doing? I mean, come on. The guy's right there at the line of scrimmage. You got to be conscious of that. You know, I mean, that's got to be Tua recognizing it and maybe, or the center calling it at the line of scrimmage and these offensive linemen just understanding what has to be done. And they're just not getting the job done. And they better they better fix it before... Next week, because I'm telling you, Buffalo's going to bring it to us. They're going to be blitzing from all ends. That's what I do, right? If yep. you were pl- if you were playing this team, what would you do? You you bring up your cornerbacks, you'd bring up your safeties, you you would force them to beat you deep. In the meantime, you're going to blitz to a, and you're going to crash those uh, short routes. So he's got nowhere to go with the football. Yeah, and then you're going to force yep. him to make a decision that he may not be ready to make. Right. Well. We're one and six, Mike, and you know these are the reasons why. You know we we discuss the same. It's basically the same thing every week. There's a lot of underachieving going on, and uh, you know again, Tua is playing about as well as he possibly can at this point. Um, you know Gaskin had a nice bounce back game. Gasecki has been playing well of late, and Waddle's played well. Um, Smythe has actually played well. Uh, Ahmed, has. you know his few his few opportunities, he has played well. On the defensive side, Wilkins and Agba have played very, very well. But honestly, Mike, past those two guys, I mean, I know X-Man's done a decent job, but, um, you know, he's got to be at top notch. He's got to be, you know, he's made some mistakes. He made a mistake, I know, this week, you know, with the gauge touchdown. Um, He didn't cover him all the way down the field. Uh, you know, he's our best player and he's not playing as our best player, um, you know, on, on, on at given times. So there's not a lot of positives and that's the problem. There's a lot of guys on the football field. Well, McCordy has also played well and he's going IR. Right. He's done. So uh, for at least a few weeks. So yep. this is the reason we're one and six. And, um, you know, that that basically sums it up, you know, for last week. You know, we got to move on the next week, and unfortunately, it's Buffalo. So Right. And uh, Baker we'll got hurt in the game also. He, he may or may not play. Right, right. Yep. And there's not a lot of depth there at that linebacker position. There just right. isn't. So, anyway. It was a tough game. It was a tough game. I thought they played well enough to win. Uh, breaks didn't go their way. They made a few too many mistakes, and uh, we get another shot this Sunday. So we'll be back 
uh, Thursday to preview the Buffalo game. Anything else you want to add, Lewis? No, uh, we've covered pretty much every aspect of the game and the issues at hand. So yeah, I, I think the issues are. Hope they improve. Yeah, the issues are, are glaring. I think, uh, but uh, you know, they are actually making progress. I think they've played better the last two games. Now, maybe that's the competition that they played having something to do with that. But I do think they've played better the past two games. At least they've been competitive. Whereas for a stretch there, they really weren't. So if you're looking for a small positive, that's the, that's the only one I got for you. Um, and, and of course, to us play we talked about. So in, until uh, Thursday, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Lewis, thanks for joining me. And uh, fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.